Love Talk Radio. Welcome back to another episode of Real Life Master Class, where we do online workshops and webinars and we talk about those things that didn't get talked about in high school. This is G, your host again. We're so excited to be back. This episode is about talk, uh, learning and talking about the things that we either didn't learn in high school or you learned in, after you got out of high school. Uh, I'm really excited to have... Um, someone very special and dear to me, um, here to talk about his experiences. Um, his name is Zach Van Buren, and currently he is in research and development in the auto industry in the lovely state of Michigan. We're going to learn a little more about him. Um, he was He's a graduate of Paramount High School in California, sunny California, and he graduated in 2008. So, this is somebody who's got um, some life experience beyond high school and able to share some um, of his insights and inspirations. Hi, Zach. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am Zach Van Buren from not-so-sunny Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I'm excited. He's been able to share with me. He's been kind and loving enough to share with me some of his, um, just some things that, some perspective from his, from his journey. Um, you know, life is an ongoing journey until it isn't, but um, that's the beauty of it, to be able to learn and, and, and um, kind of be, grow from other people's experiences. One of the things that Zach and I talked about when we were talking about real-life master class and the fact that it's about, learning those skills you didn't learn in high school in the areas of money, time, uh, communicating and relating with people, self-care, self-awareness, um, which also includes emotional um, emotional wellness, but also careers and whether or not you want to go into college or pursue a career or start a business. So that's what Real Life Masterclass is all about. But it's based in the things that people are fighting with are having to learn after high school. So that's where he and I have had a lot of our conversations. And so it's been really enlightening for me. So, Zach, I remember our last personal conversation. You had a really good uh, point you were making about money. We were talking about the, the, in the area of money specifically and what you thought about high school and what it didn't do, uh, how it didn't prepare you for kind of like everyday life skills and, and what it, what they shared and what they didn't share. Can you, do you remember that conversation? I wanted to share that. Absolutely. So 
in high school, you start off with your basic math classes that you need to take in order to graduate and say, hey, awesome, I'm a successful high school student. That's great, but all it prepares you to do is be a successful high school student. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't take trigonometry or calculus if you want to go on the engineering path in going to college, but if you don't, one thing I think is a basis for all students is to learn how to deal with money. And I don't just mean economics classes, because the learning in economics was how to read the stock report in the newspaper, which does literally nothing for me right now. But what I didn't know how to do was manage money. I didn't know how debt worked. I didn't know how interest worked. I didn't know how annual percentage rate worked. I didn't know how overdraft fees worked or a time. I didn't realize how credit card fees are calculated per month. These things were not taught in high school, and we're certainly not taught about it going into college for those of us who needed to take out student loans in order to go to college to try to create some of their life for ourselves. You know, we have our credit, we have our, our counseling session with our school counselor about how to not take the money and go buy a car or waste it on parties. But that's not telling the full story of you want to go to school because it's something you're passionate about. And it may not pay back what you paid for in school. So you'll be in debt the rest of your life, which also comes back to a constantly accruing, and you'll never be out from underneath it. So those things really weren't taught. There should, there should be a dedicated class on how to manage money, how to have an account, how to be successful in that account, how to have a family. Even those those kinds of math classes aren't there, and they're really not even there until you get to college. I took a college class last year that was everyday college math, and I didn't know what that meant. I just took it to get a refresher before my heavier math classes. And that class is literally how to deal with or how to calculate um, APR, interest, and things that would be great to know 12 years ago before going into school and this whole soiree of debt that we tend to run on as opposed to how much money you have in your pocket. Completely different perspectives, completely different mindset. Absolutely. In high school, I didn't have a concept of, I didn't have a concept really of, like I, I had a job in high school, but I didn't have a concept of, what it really cost to survive, especially, you know, growing up in California, how expensive things really are. And in addition to that, growing up right in that changing point of the economy where you could survive off of one paycheck, you know, mom, dad, kids, could survive on one paycheck. Growing up, that's what it was like early on. Transitioning into my high school years, that was not the case. You know, it was. It's gotten to the point now where, at that point in time, and uh, I'm definitely gonna date myself, and that's fine. But the late '90s, early 2000s, having a side hustle was what people did when they wanted extra money. But now it's like a necessity. You hear more often most people have two full-time jobs and are still going to school. That's what I do now. And it's not just doing because I'm wasteful with money. That's what I need to do to be successful and move forward. I can't afford to not. I think, you know, those are, you're bringing up so many awesome sub-points. Um, I just wanted to piggyback on that, but I definitely want to mark where you are right now because I want to continue. But when you were saying that 
<laughs> there was a time when a side hustle was something you did for extra money or to just, just to kind of fund your hobby or be able to have a, some cash on the side for whatever reason. It wasn't necessarily a necessity. And now it's shifted to where people need that just to try to meet the bare minimum necessities, um, which taps into the whole concept that the middle class is shrinking. And I remember hearing that like 10, 20 years ago, and I was concerned about it. You know, I thought about it, and I think the people that were my age were like, you're crazy. You know, you're just, you're just over, you're overthinking things. But that's, that's where things have shifted to. That was one point I wanted to make. The second point was I was watching, I think, on 60 Minutes, and they were talking about how many people are unsheltered. I guess the term is no longer homeless, but it's unsheltered, and that you just don't have the stereotypical person that's homeless. You have um, men, women, children of all ages, um, teens. You have people of all ages that are unsheltered. And I thought it was very interesting that they were saying that that um, stereotype or that avatar of person has changed because they were following a woman who worked for the post office. She was a, a, um, a mail carrier. And they were saying, you know, she works as a mail carrier. She's worked here a number of jobs. But she's also homeless. She's unsheltered. And she said none of her, her coworkers knew it. She didn't share it. She slept, I think, in her car. And she said she just could not afford where, you know, in the area that she lived to, she couldn't afford housing. She couldn't afford housing. And that the the face of unsheltered people or homeless people it looks it's totally different now. So I thought that that was very interesting. Interesting that you brought that up, and that I think there's a stigma and there's a shame. For me, I'm I'm not. There's a part of me that's embarrassed, for lack of a better word, that I have an education and I find myself having to deal with these things because I thought having an education made me exempt, but that's not no longer the case, you know. It, and so for whatever the underlying reasons are, um, it's becoming more uh, widespread. But anyway, Zach, I wanted to thank you for that. I wanted to get back to what you were saying about um, the class that you took that was teaching some of the basic math and that people in their side house hustles are having to hustle in more creative ways. Go ahead. Oh, so it, to your point also about being educated, it used to be growing up in high school, they were talking about how you have to have a high school diploma or you can't get a good job. And you have to go to college or you can't get a good job. And that was a very realistic mindset for, I'd say, the late 70s and 80s. Sure. You get these legacy jobs that take care of you your entire career. You retire with a pension. You're good to go. That's not the case now. Good nope. luck. And it's funny because someone mentioned a few years ago that having a bachelor's is like having an associate's. That's the minimum now to get some of these jobs. Having a master's is slightly better. Having a doctorate means, okay, cool, you have a doctorate level education now, but you probably will never be able to pay that back. We're not, the system is not set up for us to actually, <laughs> we're, we're, we're numbers that are able to have money made off of us rather than us make money to just enjoy our lives. And this is not to sound 
you know, super political or really crazy about it. It's just the reality of things of how we're exploited as, you know, an asset to make money in the debt cycle as opposed to, you know, our day-to-day well-being. And I think that I love that you said that because I don't know if you're familiar with the TV show Adam Excuse me, Adam Ruins Everything. Um, do you know I'm, I'm, I'm familiar. I'm familiar with it, yeah. Okay. Well, he actually did one on the student loan and the debt cycle and how that there's a whole, of course, other political side of it and how much money um, companies, the U.S. companies, the U.S. government made off of that and how there's a reason, like you said, there's a reason why we weren't educated about student debt and the loan cycle and, and why we were told, and for some people it may be true, but if you, you know, if you have an education, then that's, that's going to be your surefire in. Um, I, I'm finding that people, you're going to have to learn how to think outside of the box. I remember in um, the 1920s in Tulsa, Oklahoma, there were a community of African-American people that had self-sustained um, independent businesses that ran on their own. And I say that because I think that there was a sense of, okay, we – we're not able to thrive in the greater community, so we're going to have to figure out on our own how we're going to be able to feed and sustain our families, what businesses can we go in, what are my interests, what are my hobbies, what am I good at, what services can I provide. And I say that because I wanted to focus on the fact that that's where I'm finding people are, going to, are having to re, kind of reinvent and say, okay, <laughs> um, how can I self-sustain? And we've got a different uh, economy. We're not um, a techno. Uh, we're not a um, uh, industrial community anymore. We're almost past the information age. It's now a knowledge-based place. Where what knowledge do I have that I can use to uh, sustain myself and provide a service for people and and create an income for myself? Okay. So I wanted to. I'm just piggybacking off of the things that you're saying because you're making me think. But yeah, um, oh, yeah. I and how you were saying that we weren't taught to necessarily you, you well back in the day we were taught I won't say we because I wasn't here but school was created um, to create to create workers for a, a workforce you were we were a work, right. were a workforce so. That model hasn't and, changed you know, a lot. Before, if, if we look at it now, too, school was a privilege at one point in time to be educated and have an education. Once that's stabilized, there still needs to be a benefit to make a profit off of people who were able to get to school and go to school. And so right. it just moves the margin. It just moves the margin of how that changed and how that transversed. So that was one of the main things I didn't know and had to learn through, like, you know, for someone who didn't have any kind of, like, training, and I can't blame this 100% on the companies who took advantage of that. That was also on me because I did sign contracts and, like, did get a credit card when I was 18. I did go out and party with it because I didn't understand what that really meant and how paying back, borrowing against a credit card is really paying back 1.5x to what I actually borrowed. I learned. I paid it off. It's all good. But it's also just one of those things where it's like you have these banks on college campuses offering credit cards to students, 
who don't know what the heck they're doing. And here's a message to them. You know, they, the companies know what they're doing, and it looks attractive. Oh, and, it, and if you have parents absolutely. or family members who don't know the game, they they can't they can't hip you to what's going on, other than to say, oh, you don't sign up for that credit card. I made you know. So there's a there's we're just in a different cycle now, and I think that I love talking to you because I I I'm able to get your perspective on something that I've I've seen from a from a different time frame. So more people are starting to pay attention. There are people who are have gone I was listening to one girl, she had gone to school, got her gotten her law degree, finally passed the bar, and able to practice law. Um, but she put herself through school as a barista working I think at uh I I don't know if it was Starbucks or another coffee shop, but she put herself through school as barista, and she's frustrated, and she was top of her class. She cannot find a job as an attorney, and she said, "There's nothing. I have nothing against baristas. She says, I love my job, but that's not what I invested and went to school for, and I could have been in the same place without having all the student debt. So it, it's really um, it's an interesting place and time to stop and look and go, okay, what are we doing and why are we doing it and where is it getting us? Absolutely. So I wanted um, to ask you, did you, go ahead. No, go ahead. That's... I wanted to ask you another question. Um, so what would you say, even in nutshell, in a nutshell, two to three things that you've learned in your 20s? that you didn't know in high school? So the first one, since I want to try and branch off of different aspects of this, um, the first thing you brought up was people. I didn't realize that once people left high school, some of them would keep that high school mentality and act like children, even until their 40s and 50s, since I I worked a couple different jobs and – I felt like I had to be the uh, the adult in a lot of those situations. It was frustrating. Um, a second thing I had to learn in my 20s, I think, is learning how to deal with imposter syndrome and learning how to accept opportunities. If someone saw something in me that I didn't see in myself, knowing which people to trust like that who actually want me to see me go forward versus people who just want to take advantage of the abilities that I have that they can exploit. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I would have to say that I learned in my 20s that was very valuable is it's beneficial when you feel really confident and strong in your environment to change it up and do something else because you're going to get stagnated real fast by being comfortable in being the top of something when there's so much else out there to learn. I prefer to go off and learn something else and not be the best at something. It's kind of be in a constant state of learning. Yeah, there's no such thing as like a perfect anything. Like you can always learn and grow and do something more. And 
even if you went, even if you had the lifetime and the funds and availability and the brain power to go across the world and learn every single thing there is to learn, every second there's something else new that's happening or being discovered. So you'll never be at the top, and there's always something to do. And then, I think those are be the most. Those are the most important things that you've learned to date. In my 20s, yeah. I wanted to ask you, as we were talking about um, the skills that we don't necessarily get in high school or the things that we learn after high school, um, what would you suggest or maybe some solutions or what would you suggest would help solve some of the things that you went through in terms of things you had to learn on your own? You mean for someone now? For someone now, right. I mean, we live in the information age, like you mentioned earlier. I say definitely just learn how money and debt works. Because if you learn how to, if you learn how debt works, you can use it to your advantage. And that's where you can actually be a part of how the game works and make I would say make money, but make with the life you want out of that system. And that's beneficial to learn for anybody because we don't live in an environment where how much money you have in the bank, unless you're in the upper echelon, matters. Because I didn't have credit after I paid off those cards because I didn't want it anymore. And then I learned that I didn't qualify for anything because I didn't have a credit score that was high enough because I paid off those cards and, like, left them alone and never opened up an account for a good five or six years. But I didn't know that you shouldn't close your credit cards because credit card companies and how the um, credit system works, it looks at the history of how long your accounts are. And that's what helps build your credit score, which I thought was completely asinine. But I also didn't have the money to back not wanting to be a part of that system. Right. Like if so I had, if I had, if I, if I, someone gave me three million dollars right now, I have enough money, enough capital in myself to do the things I want to do and make the moves I want to make, without caring about what the bank or whoever thought of my credit score, because I had the capital to back it. Right. But you didn't know that at the time. So, I mean, you know that now, but in terms of how the credit system works, it's not even based on what we think is intuitive. It's just the way the system works. And so, Exactly. And, you know, again, too, I was raised in the time period where a switch was happening between you need to have money in the bank and have savings, have money in the bank and have savings, which I still think is good, but now banks are taking pieces of your savings. So it's like, <laughs> you know, why open a savings account if you're going to go into overdraft every month because you're paying bills and when your account is lower because you're paying bills out of that account, they think you don't have enough money in that account. I wanted to touch on the fact that you said you had a class recently that in college, but it was about everyday math. Is that what it was? Yeah, it was called everyday college math. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and the, and there were you know and there were some aspects there were some aspects of that class I'm not going to say it was 100 percent useful there were some aspects that were definitely just more tedious and annoying than actually useful for daily life but we did have those areas that came up where you would see like how to calculate a credit card or how to know when a credit card is not a good card for you and things like that so 
Well, so I, I know that this is a very open question, and I know that you can handle this. So looking back, what do you think, what tool would have been the most helpful for you? And I know the tools weren't necessary. Social media isn't what it is today, what it was back then. But what do you think would have helped you the most? Would it, what would have helped you, in a nutshell, get the, what you needed quicker, ideally, back then? I would say it would have been more helpful to have known there were more options besides what was being promoted. Did you also mention to me that in some other countries or in other places that they focus on students being in actual um, industries to get a taste to see if that's what they're interested in? Didn't you mention that to me? It was more along the lines of you figure out or you have an idea of what you want to do for your career, and they gear your classes around you as opposed to gearing you around your classes. Right. And you didn't really find that so much in high school when you were there. Not at all. I mean, I took classes that I knew I didn't want to take because it was advised that I do it, and it it honestly dropped my GPA and left me bitter for a while because I didn't I knew I didn't want to take those classes because they weren't on my course, they weren't on my path. But that's what happened. And that's, that adds to being unmotivated. I think for me, I can do that for a while. I can study things that I have to study. But to do that for four years, that's draining to me. But um, I love the things that you brought up, definitely useful. I am going to say that um, I want to connect with you again. I want to do this again because I love your input and I love your perspective. And it's a perspective that's different from mine, but we're all on the same basic page. Is there anything else you wanted to add quickly? We have a few minutes left. Um, you know, I would say that the biggest thing is just because we're in a system that's not geared towards our success doesn't mean you can't be successful, and it doesn't mean you shouldn't go for working on becoming successful. I, if there's one thing that makes me more annoyed than playing a game that's rigged is people accepting the game being rigged as a reason not to try. So for those of you who are listening, don't sit on your butts and be like, oh, well, Yep, it's rigged. I'm just going to sit and pout about life and everything sucks and I hate everything. Go do something. There's still a lot of life to happen and a lot of fun to be had. Don't use this as an excuse to not play because, you know what, if you want to look at it in a bigger scale, we don't live forever. So, you know, the whole concept of life is rigged against us. So go do something. Those are my closing thoughts, America. Okay. <laughs> so well said. There's not much more I need to add to that. I just wanted to say thank you for everybody who took the time to listen. If you are interested or you want in some way to add to this conversation, please do to, please do so, not toe, please do so. You can contact us and connect with us at reallife.teachable.com. We also have workshops and classes and free t- tutorials that address a lot of the things that Zach and I were talking about today. Looking forward to having Mr. Zach Van Buren back in the house. We are out. Make sure you 
hit us up on social media. We are out. Real Life Masterclass. See you later. Take care. Bye, Zach. Take it easy.